0: embrace the rebels within us, and more deeply come to explore the complex and agitated edges of our existence. Now, before we get started, please don't be a rebel yet and grab your phone and hit that little button that says subscribe. Thank you, because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up? And welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I am your host, Alex Terranova. So, um, it's actually really cool we're having this. I, I was just, just talking about this like two seconds ago. But I have a um, – everybody has like different things that are in their way. So some people don't have enough time. Some people have too much time and they don't know what to do with it. Some people don't have enough money. Some people got too much money. Um, and it's funny. Who has too much money? But you know, if you want to be doing something else but you have enough money that it's keeping you exactly where you are because of the risk of leaving it behind – Having too much money can be a problem apparently. But people have all sorts of things holding them back and I'm I'm introducing this because my guest today um has like has checked all these boxes in life and done all these successful things and there's things that he wants to do that are like on a whole another paradigm in a whole another area and it's not always easy to go and transition and he's doing it anyway and he's like what I'm learning about him is he is really uh creating like a both and life. Like it doesn't have to be an either or, but actually saying like, this is what I want and this is what I have. How do I, how do I do both to leverage everything and get the life I want? So my guest today is, he's got some, uh, this is the first time I've had an orthodontist on the show. So he is an orthodontist tor- turned entrepreneur. He wrote the book, which if you're watching, you, uh, you'll you be able to see it's called emotional fitness he is the host of the Unleash Success podcast, which is in the top 100, right? Like yeah, he's been hitting
1: up in top 100 right? quite a bit, That's yeah. pretty
0: badass. Um, he is somebody who believes that we have unlimited potential for life. And the, the idea that we got to just keep pushing ourselves to grow and not that there's a right way, but like you, your unlimited potential is whatever yours is for you and his is for him. And he is just driving to create like the best life. And he's overcome a lot of cool things that he shared with me. And I'm really excited to to have him kind of like lay the groundwork for all these things he's overcome and what he's building. Um, cause I think there's going to be a lot of gold and a lot of lessons in here for us. So please welcome to the dream Mason podcast, Corey Corpodian nailed it.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> there <you>
0: go. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, you guys know I suck at last names. Me and Corey were talking about this for, he's like, I suck at them too. And
1: <laughs> you nailed it, man. You nailed it. So I really appreciate you bringing me on the show. Thanks.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Well, so we, um, we're sitting here in the the studio here in Pacific beach. Uh, thanks for driving down and being with me in person. We, you and I've talked about like, it's so much more fun to do these in person. Absolutely. It, like it's great to do podcasts remotely, but it's a whole different experience. Like being able to sit here with you and look at you and actually have like a real human to human conversation.
1: A hundred percent, you know, it's really exciting too, because we were able to do an interview on my podcast just before this and, and just to like get to know you at a different level without a blink screen or seeing pixelations of it. It's just <laughs> such a different world. And uh, so I, I can't thank you enough for bringing me down here to this
0: studio. Really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. First, the first thing I want to ask you is the, uh, are you the Unleashed Success mascot, like the tearing the shirt open? Is that you? Uh, is that, did you do that photo shoot? That is me. <laughs> I definitely did. You know, I tried giving them like this
1: vision of what I wanted, a cartoon. And that logo right there was $15 on Fiverr. So I literally was like, they kept trying to use a stock photo and it was so shitty. Like the hands, like before I did that photo, I was doing pushups and everything, like trying to get the veins in my hands just to like, like they all looked so dainty. And I was like, <laughs> that's not what Unleashed Success looks like. Yeah. And so afterwards I was like, I'll
0: just send them a picture of exactly what I want. And there, there it is. That's awesome. So the, for you guys, you can also, you can obviously go to the Unleashed Success podcast or unleashsuccess.com, but you can see what I'm talking about. It's like very Superman like, you know, but instead of having the Superman underneath the shirt, it says unleash success. Um, and that, <laughs> that
1: was actually the inspiration, really. Um, it was kind of like, for me, um, I was living a life where I'd put a suit and tie on. I mean, I had to wear a tie. I know I'm an orthodontist, right? So I had to go in residency, I had to wear a tie every single day. And if I didn't, you know, they'd be like, look at me like uh, my director would just be like, where's the tie? And I'm like, oh, I forgot. Sorry. But for me, it was like, I was this shell of who I wanted to be. And in order to really become who I wanted to be, it was like, I had to unleash success. And I had to rip off this, this whatever I was wearing, whether it was a suit and tie, whether it was scrubs and and be
0: who I truly wanted to become. That's so awesome. I think like, I mean, God, for how many of us have to would have to say or do that, right? To leave behind what we think we're supposed to be or what we've been. And like we do, we have like, it's like deconstructing or pulling apart that all those old stories and getting to, I love that it's also like on your chest, right? Like you're, it's like opening up your heart and like following like what is true for you.
1: It was so hard. Like, I, I didn't start off, like, knowing, like, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, right? I got out of residency. I was horribly depressed. I was so miserable. And I was just looking for something to make me feel better. And it started off in fitness, you know? And I got into these physical fitness competitions, men's physique. And, you know, it was funny because people would see me, like, just starting out as an orthodontist. And I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, how's everything going? It's like, all right. And then, like, you know, close friends would be like, how's it really going? I was like, it fucking sucks. Like, I'm not happy doing this. I'm driving three hours every single day to random offices all over San Diego, LA, just to make a buck, to be able to pay off my $850,000 in student loan debt. And I'm like, this isn't exactly what I signed up for seven years before I started this. I thought I'd be making money. That's what everybody, you're going to make tons of money. One hundred
0: and fifty thousand dollars Yeah, yeah. He it says it's, to say that like a couple of times.
1: It's a tough pill to swallow. <laughs> I got, I mean, it, on a whole nother level, the student loan program is broken. The education system is so it's so messed up to put young people in such a big hole that they can't dig themselves out of. And you know, I'm I'm an orthodontist and I had to do so many crazy things to be able to even buy my house. And it's like I'm making a ton of money, but because I had all this debt, I couldn't even purchase a home. And it's like you're not able to live the dream that you were fed as a kid and at least that I thought I was going to get. And it just kind of, it it disappears. So I had this weird identity crisis at a young age. Yeah, I was sitting there like, ah, I don't want to do it. And people were like, that's crazy. You should keep doing it. And like, I said, I didn't want to do it to myself in dental school. I was like, nah. But then people were like, oh, don't quit because it's hard. And I'm like, well, fuck that. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to quit. Like, I'm not a quitter. But the problem was, is I I just really didn't want that direction. I'm not mm-hmm. I don't regret it at all. I mean, obviously, being an orthodontist provides me with an amazing lifestyle and something you talked about. We'll go into later is just like how to balance that with your passions. But it's one of those things that like the when I told people I was like, yeah, I'm going I'm going for uh, my pro card in fitness. I was actually doing really really well at it. Um, I was a little bit bigger and definitely had six I'm th- pack I'm, abs. I'm, I'm
0: picturing like the, of my orthodontist walking in as a little kid and being jacked and they're like, I'm going to tighten up your braces and being like, like, you're going to like, rip I my jaw. I
1: didn't scare anybody. I mean, it, it's men's physique. So it wasn't bodybuilding where they get really huge, you know, but, um, it, it was a lot of fun and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go pro. And they're like, why are you putting so much time and effort into that? And I'm like, cause I want to. And, and it was this identity shift. And that was the first challenge I had when I said I was going to do that and that I said I didn't like being an orthodontist. And granted, I spent years and I still do practice. I, I took a 10-month break this year, um, which was very exciting as an entrepreneur. But one of the things is that it's this identity shift. And I didn't really face it big time until I said, you know what? I'm going to do something greater. And that was with Unleash Success with the book. But people were like, wait, you're the orthodontist. You know, like, this this doesn't make sense. Now you're doing motivational speaking. How did you get into this? And it was a big challenge because friends, I mean, even random people who knew me as, oh, you're the orthodontist or people like I hadn't met friends of family. were like, you're the orthodontist. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but I also do this podcasting. And over time, though, I kept, I I didn't let their beliefs impact my own belief. And, you know, I truly feel like as much as there's struggles in life, I'm living the life that I want to live right now. And every day I'm like, I want to unleash success even more into my own life.
0: The thing that I'm like, I love the the story in itself. It, But the thing that's like really impressive to me is when you say like, Hey, I had all this debt, right? Cause I get in, I get into debates with people that are like, if you don't have money, you can't live your dreams. And if you're $850,000 in debt, you don't have money, right? It doesn't matter. Like you weren't making a million dollars a year, right? Like you went not No, I wasn't, no. So what do you say to, and look, again, let's like put this in a perspective, right? I'm not talking about like, we're not having a conversation here for people that like don't have their basic needs met, right? Like you have food, air, shelter, water. You're not homeless, you're safe. You're not in a third world country struggling to survive. You don't have six kids that need to be fed, but you didn't have money. And so how did you – I don't know if it's like a confidence thing or like a, what's the thing that has you be like, fuck it. I'm still going to chase this thing that I want, not knowing like how – right? orthodontics would have eventually paid off, will pay off. Oh, 100%.
1: Yeah. And um, before, so I don't forget. Um, but the basic needs, I think the fact that most people in this world and probably every single person listening to this podcast right now or watching it, has our basic needs met.
0: Everyone we, listening to this for yeah, sure. Yeah, yes, because right. they have an iPhone. Or exactly, like, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. So you have your basic needs met. Yeah. But the problem is, is mentally, we think we should have more. We think that we should, you know, we have this thing where we're like, we want more, but we're not happy with what we have. And we have this experience where mentally and emotionally, we struggle to live a happy life even though we're surviving just fine. So the difference between surviving and living a successful life I found is it's all an internal struggle. And that's why I wrote the book emotional fitness. Cause for me, I was the guy who I had great grades. I had a a great job and I should have a great life, but I fucking hated it. Right. And I'm like, wait, why? And I'm not saying that it's a bad profession. There are definitely people who are super happy, But if you're in a profession, whether it's being, uh, um, you know, uh, a fitness trainer, uh, orthodontist, a doctor, a lawyer, whatever you are, you if you don't love what you're doing, then you have this internal struggle, too. And so it comes down to our emotions and these rules that we create based on past experiences from like being a kid. What your parents told me, you know, the reason like I wanted to be an orthodontist is because I came home. I don't even remember this story. My dad tells me this story or he used to, it's funny though. It's like, he said, you know, Corey, you came home, like how much does an orthodontist make? And he was like, a lot. And I was like, yeah, dad, I think I'm gonna do that,
0: right? <laughs> and so I'm like,
1: whatever, 10, 11 years old. And he said, you know, and every day or every week after that, he was like, you you told me you wanted to be an orthodontist. And I'm like, yeah, I, I you know what? I probably did say that, I probably did. He had video games in his office. I was super stoked, right? It was fun, he was traveling all the time. But I probably said I wanted to be an astronaut the week before and a firefighter the week before that. But my dad's blueprint for what success meant was you got to either become a doctor or a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? I'm an orthodontist, and my sister's a lawyer, which his blueprint changed a little bit. Our other sister's not going in that path. She'll still be successful. But it's funny how that mindset from him really impacted us. And I'm not saying we didn't want it to, but I don't think – Maybe it was our true dream, so I, I apologize. I kind of no, remember the question that you asked originally. No, no, no,
0: that's like you. I mean, you. So, what gave you? I think what you just posed is important because my book, fictional authenticity, is all about that, right? Like you yeah. were living this fictionally, in, this fictionally authentic life. But what gave you the? I mean, it's like what gives you the courage, the balls to say to to rip off the suit and tie with. Right? Like if you had a bunch of money and you had no debt and you're like, well, who cares then? Right? Like go for it. But having the, I want to say like almost like a leash behind you holding you, how do you? rip that off and go for what you want despite the circumstances that are in the way a leash is a soft way to
1: say it i used to say i was six feet tall and then the weight of my student (laughs) loads trained me down it it is at first man it was just this huge ball and chain and it's a responsibility like me as a man i can't not pay that off i was looking for you know i was like maybe i can declare bankruptcy and maybe no you can't do that and i was like you know what fuck like I wouldn't even feel good if it was just, you know, I I wasn't able to earn that back. So to me, it came down to this. I looked ahead 30 years and I said, if I do this every single day for my entire life, and at the end of 30 years, I have no debt, you know, I've got my house, I've got my family, the white picket fence, whatever it is for you, I would kill myself. I would absolutely, like, that would, to me, not be a life worth living. It is as fulfilling as it is for some people. I mean, you're helping people, you're straining teeth, you're building confidence in little kids. And I focus on that now more than ever. But to me at the time, where I was, it would give me zero meaning in life. And that moment you say, all right, well, I can either (laughs) keep putting one foot in front of the other and do this for the next 30 years. And at the end of 30 years, regret it. Or I can change
0: something now. You t- shared, you know, in the beginning about the the money, the depression. I want to touch on like what you've overcome because, and then I, and then we can go into, I really want to talk about the book and I want to talk about like the speaking gigs you do and what you're doing there. But I think there's so many, I mean, I think our depression, anxiety is like one of the highest levels it's ever been, especially here in America, especially with young, young people. And You know, you overcame, you shared with me, like, you got these financial challenges that we've talked about. You, at 28, were diagnosed with skin cancer. You were dealing, you said there was, like, some parent, there was some divorce stuff. Like, you shared this with me before, and then you were depressed for eight years. Like, we get into, like, all the, because any one of these things could take out somebody.
1: yeah. Uh, Honestly, like I I look at that and I go, uh, everybody's dealing with some sort of problem right now, right? You got family problems. At the time, my parents were going through divorce, and it was just – it was a lot of toxicity in the relationship with them. I actually happened to be like just moved home, so I was living with them. Um, But also it really impacted my younger sister who like – I mean it's like if – you hurt her at all like I'm so upset right like I'm very overprotective I'm overprotective of both my sisters but the other one is only a year and a half younger than me we kind of grew up together but the baby of the family she's 11 years younger than I am so it, it, like to me it was like you know what you guys are you got your own issues but you're now taking it out on her and it's affecting her for the rest of her life potentially and I was like pissed off about it. And then you got the money thing, right? They were struggling to make money. I ended up going home to save money for a year so I could buy my house, and it ended up costing me more money than I expected. Whoops. Uh, It it happens. And and then I'm miserable. For eight years, I'm in this constant habitual depression where I just hate everything, and I was drinking too much, and I was just, like, drinking to forget my problems. And I know we talked about that, how, like, drinking – and I still drink now. It's not, like, a a big issue, but – if you drink to excess, you drink to forget yeah. it it can be a problem and i don't i I actually stopped drinking for uh nine months and I was like, absolutely not gonna do that to myself because i didn't want I didn't want to be dependent on anything and each one of those things could definitely derail people yeah. but when you have all this all at the same time it was all within a couple months it was just like so stressful and these are definitely first world problems i go into the doctor because this is right when obamacare gets started and i was trying to figure out why i even went to the doctor in the first place and i was like oh yeah it's because obamacare i had to pay for health insurance so i'm paying 250 bucks
0: a month you might as well take advantage of it i was right? like
1: yeah i've been doing it for 10 months it's like september october i'm like what well, i gotta use this money and I had, I mean, I I went to dental school. I knew anatomy. I I, I saw this mole kind of had changed over the last couple of years. And it's something I had my whole life, like half the size of my pinky nail, right? Not big at all. And so I go into the doctor's office. like, mm like, we need a biopsy that you can't work out for two weeks. Mind you, I'm about to try and go pro. I just competed in Las Vegas at the USA Junior Nationals. I got first call outs, which is like top five, top six. And I'm, I'm absolutely like on this trajectory to GoPro, And that to me at the time felt like it was something worth going for. So I'm like, all right, fine. Two weeks, no big deal. Although it was a big deal. Cause it was like my only place of meditation it was the only place <laughs> I could relax. Cause like the home environment was toxic. I had no money. I was miserable. Boom. All of a sudden it comes back and I, they're like, we need to take it out. Come on in. And the, the um, physician's assistant draws on my chest this giant chunk, and like it, I knew what cancer was. They didn't tell me that it was melanoma necessarily up front, they're like, Oh, we need to take the whole thing out. But it just didn't click in my head. I'm like, why is it so big? Oh, yeah. How
0: big when you say giant circle, like how big did they cut you? They
1: were going to cut off my entire nipple. <laughs> and like it was like bigger than the size of a golf ball. So it's like uh, you have to go a centimeter margin. So, um, you know, like a small tennis ball, bigger
0: whoa, golf ball in between there, like basically where your nipple is on your. like. Yeah. So it was pack. like it was yeah. like
1: half an inch away from my nipple. And so they were going to cut off my entire nipple to be able to take all the cancer off. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, what are you guys doing right now? Like it doesn't even hit me that this is so serious. Mm-hmm. This is cancer, and melanoma is one of the fastest growing cancers, and it can kill you so quickly. and I'm like, no, 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 there's gotta be another way. Nope, gotta get the cancer out and I'm like, or can we just wait? Can we wait? like I'm trying to compete, I'm about to go pro, I'm gonna compete in like six weeks. Can we wait like maybe six months? And they're like, if you wait six months, you'll lose half your chest if you wait a year it could spread to your entire body. And like, I don't even know if I'd be here right now. Wow. So I'm sitting there like, okay, is there any way to save my
0: fucking nipple? Right. And it's like, I'm like, come I like on. That, I like they were laughing about this. I appreciate the Yeah. I,
1: I mean, honestly, it was, uh, it was an incredibly tough time, but, um, luckily the nipple was safe. You know, <laughs> I went to a plastic surgeon at the time. I'm cancer free now. Um, and it, it was it was a vain moment for me because I, I it just didn't hit me. You're going through it and you're like, "What the fuck?" And now I'm like, "Okay." And I started to reevaluate my life. So I didn't know I was gonna want to do all this stuff. I was just going through the motions. I thought I was depressed because it, you know, depression, alcoholism, all ran in my family. I thought it was just who I am, how I was made. It's in my genes. And then I. Started getting into personal development books. I went to a couple events. Actually, the one thing that I was like, I've got to change something. I'm okay. dying, like literally almost dying and mentally dying inside. Like after they got the cancer out, I was relieved, but I was also like, what? Am, what's next? So I saw a TED Talk by Tony Robbins um, called Why We Do What We Do, and uh, I was like, man, I can't believe this guy's still fucking doing speeches, right? <laughs> like, how old is this dude? I heard about him in college, and, like, my dad told me when he listened to tapes about him, and I was, like, this motivational guy, you know, and and I'm like, all right, what's this What's this event he's doing? Man, oh, my God, I go to the, one of these events, and if you've never been to a Tony Robbins event, or if you've never been to an event, period, I would never done anything in personal development. What,
0: this, is, what event did you go to? I did Date
1: with Destiny first, which is, like, his big, big one. Big thing, yeah. Well, my, my personality was this. I was like, I'm so fucked up. I need something now. So it's November. It's three weeks before the event. And apparently it was sold out. And I thought that was a sales tactic. But actually when I got there, people were like, how did you get here with only three weeks? It was actually sold out. Like they couldn't fit more people in the room. And I just happened to call at the right time. Divine timing maybe. And it's funny because actually I called for a coaching set or a free book about money. Right? Right. Money Master the game had just come out, and I was like, "Oh, I want this book." And they accidentally, or I don't know, I clicked on it. I don't know how it happened, but I got charged hundred dollars for a coaching session.
0: I don't have enough money for that. Take it back, right? So I have to call. And I'm like, "By the way, what's this date with destiny thing?" <laughs> Which is like what five, four grand, five, six. Yeah, like, it's, I, it, I think it yeah. was
1: ended up being like five grand. Um, but I was so desperate, and that's what that's what stacking all these problems, right? Financial stress, family stress, depression, mental and emotional like desperation and then like what I like memento mori is kind of one of those things where you know remember one day that you will die. Mm-hmm. Well at 20 years old I didn't think I was ever going to die. But then I was faced with death and when you're faced with death you're given a moment or a choice to continue living that way or to choose to live more to live now. That was the moment for me where I was like I need to do something. So there was three different programs. One was Landmark. I ended up doing Landmark later on just to just to see what it was about. But it was slower. I didn't hear as much of an impact. There was another one I think called The Circle in Vegas. And it was like over six months, which is nothing I didn't I don't know if it was. But this one was like six days, 12 to 14 hours all day, change your life. And I was like, I gotta fucking do that. Like, that's what I need. And it fit my personality. But man, I went there and people are rah-rah, jumping up and down. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Um But did, there were Did you
0: jump up and down? Were you like? Dude, oh. at first
1: I was like, this is so stupid, but let me try it and nice. now i understand what it is nice. and um that was a it was a catalyst because you know I, I, that event is fantastic i absolutely everybody should do it but i didn't want to be like just a tony robbins puppet going around tony robbins says this and tony robbins <laughs> says that and blah 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 tony robbins um I love Tony Robbins. Like if I could ever, like, you know, I've shaken his hand before, but I, I he'll never know who I am. But uh, he did help my life. <laughs> he right?
0: just said, Tony Robbins, I've shaken his hand before. I just had a joke. I was just joking with somebody. So this is a random name dropping. Adam Levine was my next door neighbor growing up. Oh, shit. And Just randomly, right? And so, but we were joking. I was saying this to somebody the other day. I was like, yeah, the only concert, I'm not a big, like, I don't want to be around tons of people. The only concert I've ever been to in my life is a Maroon 5 concert at the Hollywood Bowl with Adam Levine's family. And when we went backstage, and this is not that long ago, we we're grown up at this point, we hadn't seen each other in years. We like, he a super nice guy, like the nicest guy in the world for how famous he is. He shouldn't have been as nice. And he's like, I remember you. And he gives me a hug. And I'm talking to somebody the other day, and I'm like, my chest and Adam Levine's chest, like, touched. Is this like osmosis? <laughs> are there people out there who are, would be like, I want to touch you because you touched Adam? <laughs> I just thought you we were like, I've shaken Tony Robbins' hand. Yeah, I know. And, you know, people like
1: idolize him like he's a god. He's not a god, he is a human being, but he is so, absolutely yeah. masterful at what he does. And I dove deep in like what he learned and who he learned from. But like I said, I didn't want to be a puppet. So I, I, I started reading. Like, I know you read a book, you know, 35 books in your first year after you your change. And for me, I was like, I'd read tons of science books, but. What do you mean? I can change my mindset. The fact, the fact that we have the option to change yeah. a belief was mind blowing. That there is a choice. What do you mean? I can choose to focus on something else. Like I just, I don't, I don't think I ever talked about that. Thought about it ever. Was aware of it. And so I started training my mind. Six months later, I was the happiest I'd ever been. Which everybody was like, "Oh, that's a really, really cool, Corey." I bought my million dollar beach house. and everybody's <laughs> like, "Shuts the fuck up and listens." Is like. Wait, what you did? What what's this emotional fitness you talk about? Right? Like I met my girlfriend. We've been together for four years, four and a half years. Um, and that's going fantastic. And I was making more money while working less. And like, it completely transformed my life. But everybody around me was like, Corey, you know, I, I went to that exact event. I've been to multiple events. I've read all the books you've read. I didn't get the result that you got. Why? How did you do it? And some people will say Corey was always like that. Mm -hmm. Corey was always driven. You know, I always I did. I had big goals like I played sports. I always wanted to be number one. And that was part of my life. That was part of my personality. When I set my mind to something, I was fully committed to it. And that's a, a belief that I get from as a really young kid. The problem is, is that um, people who say that, I'm like, yeah, but you didn't see me for my eight years while I was absolutely depressed and I hated my life to the point that I thought about killing myself because I thought that maybe that would actually relieve the pain. So when you say that, you see just a small sliver of what I was, what this did, what I did for six months and went full blown into it, part my personality, but I think that immersion is so powerful but I realized when everybody asked me that, it wasn't about what you do in a weekend. Yeah. It's about what you do every day. And I, I was really into physical fitness, so I was working out every day. I'm doing the reps in the gym. Grow my muscles. Well, if I want to grow my mind and emotions, if I want to be emotionally fit, yeah. I've got to do reps every day. And that's what I did for six months without realizing, well, by reading books, by asking myself questions every single... Like, I constantly i am self-aware, constantly asking myself, constantly saying, you know, if I don't do this, is it going to mean short-term pain, long-term pain? Am I going to be able to accomplish this goal? Like I'm always doing this because I've trained my mind now for years to do it. And I am not perfect, but emotional fitness not only saved my life back then, but this year has been one of the hardest years of my life. Just financially, we talked a little bit about it. I've made so much money and I've spent so much money. Unfortunately, I'm remodeling my house and I have all these problems—first world problems. I'm not complaining, but it's been really, really tough. To point out I'm so far out of my comfort zone. Starting a new business, you know, um, doing the house, and also just you know, relationship pressures. Like we're living with my girlfriend's parents for what was supposed to be two months, and it's been several months now. And it's like, <laughs> and, and and also we've been together for four and a half years. When are you guys getting married? And I'm like, hey, you know what? It's coming. It's coming. Just relax. Like I, I promise. Like. She is the one. She's an amazing person. But emotional fitness was able to not only allow me to survive this year, but to thrive under that kind of pressure.
0: (laughs) There's what I there's you hit on so many things that I want to like go back, and we don't I'm not going to do that because we don't have enough time to like cover every little detail. But I love one of the things that you said that I really want to repeat. Because it comes up a lot when people talk to me about what I do as a coach and they'll say, well, like, could we just like do like four sessions or like work together for a month or two? And I'm like, no, keep your money. Like, literally, I don't want your money because you will be unhappy and pissed off that your life didn't change in four hours or eight hours or whatever. And I think I love what you said. And one of the analogies I use is, hey, go to the gym four times and tell me what happens. Right. Like not like go to the gym for two months and tell me what happens. Maybe there might be some, but like, it's not how it works. But some, for some reason, we as people believe that like the, if that we can like shortchange how we invest in our mind and yet we like spend stupid amounts of money on like every weight loss program, every fitness thing, every gym memberships, shit, gym that's <laughs> great <laughs> and slip right there. Um, but, and those things are great, but like, why don't we, I love that you took the like, I put all this energy into my body, why do I not put the same into my mind when your mind is actually the thing running
1: the whole show? Exactly, so if you look at the base level, where, my success in relationships, my success in business, my success in my health, right? So if you look at that, it all comes down to our mindset. And I know people talk about mindset. Everybody's like, you got to have the right mindset for success. Well, I'm like, that's fucking awesome. But how do I create it? Or even better, how do I train it to be able to show up when I need it to show up? And so emotional fitness is like you can start anywhere, eight years depressed, hating your life and miserable like I did. And you can transform or grow into a bodybuilder over time. Like, I mean, I feel like I, people say I'm Mr. Emotional Fitness, but it's like, the truth is, as I continue to grow as a person in business, in my relationship, in in physical health and everything, I'm constantly seeing new levels where I need a more emotional fitness, where I need to go back. This book is a training program. I mean, yeah, it, it does help people. You know, if you read it once, but the idea of it every single like you'll see it all in there. Take action. Take action. Do it now. Do it now. You've got to do it now. And it's like if you want to lose weight, go on YouTube. Watch some videos. Go get a meal plan. Everything you can find for free. Everybody says they want to save money and they want to get more money. It's not fucking hard. It's not rocket science to know how to save money, but you keep spending it anyways the question is, right? The question is, what do you really want? What is driving you? What's motivating you? What's stopping you? What's preventing you? All that comes down to emotions and emotional fitness.
0: So in the book, people are going to get basically your how to essentially build the body, but build the mind.
1: Yeah. I mean, like it's not a, you know, it's not a fitness plan for your body in that sense. But no, it's, but it for your mind, right? Right, like it's right, a fit, right,
0: It's a fitness plan for your mind. We're used to like the – fit. you exactly. buy a book and it's a fitness plan for your body. This is a fitness plan for your mind. Exactly. Nice. It's a
1: workout plan for your mind and emotions 100 percent and it's like it, – I think that as long as you're emotionally fit, you can accomplish literally anything because think about it. Like – you know, um, people always talk about, I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I don't have the resources, but it's never a lack of resources. It's always a lack of resourcefulness, right? Are you able to get the money? There are literally VC companies investing hundreds of millions of dollars every single year. I use this example. I'm pretty sure it's in the book. I use it all the time, but Juicero was a company that (laughs) they invested like $150 million into this company. And it was this fancy juice packet, a $700 machine. People are buying it. You got to buy these special packets that are $10. You squeeze the juice into your glass with this uh, machine, and it's fresh juice. And, you know, like they're making money. And all of a sudden, somebody buys a packet and they grab it with their hand, and they squeeze it into the glass. And they go, I don't need a $700 machine. I can just buy the packets and <laughs> squeeze it into the glass. The company was so embarrassed by this and like trying to save face. They started buying back machines and now they're gone. They don't even Mm -hmm. exist. But yet somebody convinced them that this was a great idea and they should get $150 million for this idea. And it was absolutely just like, I mean, not a sham. I'm sure they believed in it too, but you just didn't need a $700 machine for it.
0: It, You're reminding me of like, because I really like to share like the stuff you know, that I'm dealing with on, on the show. And you're reminding me of, so I had a conversation recently, like I'm about to release this fiction authenticity course and we're looking at the pricing of it, the layout. And it's really important to me that people get value. Mm -hmm. I do not want to put something out that people like this sucks. Now, I don't, I don't know how you measure value, right? Like, and what my friend reflected to me is she goes, you're, you're comparing yourself to the pinnacle of coaching programs like when you look at what yours is you're like well compared to marie forleo well (laughs) marie forleo is like if if there's a course to create it's marie for like she created b school right it's the greatest course that there probably has ever been created and it's like shot in a studio and it, it like it is top of the line everything well i'm comparing my course which is not production value like that to that and she's and we're looking at it and she goes, but notice, like, your beliefs about yourself and comparing have you, like, devaluing what you're doing. And I, I like that, like, that idea that, you know, they – the thing she said to me that you just reminded me of is she goes, dude, your course is valuable. Your book is valuable. Like, she she was actually the friend who I'm talking about is the editor of the book. She And oh. she's a genius. She did not need to do this. She chose to do this. And she's like, this is – it's valuable it will help people and yes it's not marie forleo's course it was never intended to be and but because you're comparing yourself you're making it like it's shit and the she said that she goes um there's people out there putting out shit and people are paying the millions of dollars for it right like that company i don't know that company yeah like pet rocks right yeah. and like all these things and i think There's two things in here. One is like we do this to ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. We devalue and thank God I have somebody in my corner that's like slapping me in the face. And also, whatever your idea is out in the world, like go fucking do it because somebody's making a machine that squeezes packets and making millions of dollars.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to me because there is a lot of shit out there. And unfortunately, there's just a lot of like bad information. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I started Unleash Success is I really wanted to talk to people who are super successful, who had done it, who had been really good at doing it as well, because now we can follow a path. Mm-hmm. And I know we talked about this when uh, I interviewed you for my podcast, but it's not always about necessarily following the exact path, but helping you at least understand the framework for that path. Sure. I think that there's I mean, there's always a strategy for success. And if you follow a certain strategy, you're going to get that result, right? So, like, I mean, I wanted to be an orthodontist, at least I thought I did, when I was younger. And they told me the exact strategy. Well, I followed it to a T, and I became one. I did everything everybody said I had to do. It's a little harder when we get into business and, you know, you're starting your own business because it's actually not harder. The truth is it's pretty fucking simple about how to start a business and how to be successful at it. I think the biggest thing is that we have so much fear about mm-hmm. putting ourselves out there. Um, and, and like, unless you truly believe in it yourself, unless you are 100% convinced yourself, I'll tell you right now, I have no problem talking to people about unleash success or emotional fitness because I fucking live it. Mm-hmm. It's every single day. I believe it with every cell in my body. I'm not selling a fucking juice juicer machine, right? <laughs> like I'm not selling something I don't care about and it's to me it's not even selling to me it's like like if you love an iphone i don't i think yeah you have an iphone right i have an iphone and like everybody's like should i get an iphone or the you know new google pixel phone you want an iphone why oh it's just everything's so easy i love it it's so sleek honestly the reason uh, that's none of the reasons i use the main reason i always get a new iphone most of the time i haven't got the iphone 11 yet I just don't want to spend another $1,000 right now, <laughs> but it's always the camera. I'm like, man, the camera is so cool. And literally I saw a friend who had it and we're taking pictures. I'm like, man, the camera is so awesome. And like, he's telling me all about the camera. He's selling me on this new camera, on this new Someone phone. Someone else's thing. He's selling you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And without even realizing it, cause we're excited about it. It helps us. It enriches our lives. Well, I'm the same way with success strategies, with emotional fitness, like I love talking about the reason I created a podcast was because I always talk about books I read people I talk to new ideas, this and that. And people are like, man, where are you getting this information from? Where are you getting that from? I was like, what if I could share this with everybody while I'm learning it? And I didn't realize that I would enjoy podcasting so much and learning from other people. But now I'm able to share those same insights with everybody all basically with the click of a button.
0: What's So, like, what's next for you? You got the book. You have a podcast that's broken into the top 100, which is a huge deal. Um, for entrepreneurship, st- yeah. But. You downplayed it a little bit. So it's a <laughs> top 100 podcast. Um, look, there's 700,000 podcasts in the world. 700,000. So let's just say you're in the top 1,000 overall, right, if we take all the categories together. It's pretty
1: – Yeah, you know. uh, <laughs> It's pretty incredible. I, I
0: and, and it's also not easy, right? Cause you're not like, look, I'm doing this too, right? We're on my podcast. Yeah. This isn't, you're not famous. I'm not famous. We don't have the like. Bro, I'm Corey fucking <laughs> Corpodian. Don't you know who you're hanging out with? If, if <laughs> like, you know, if, if um, I'm trying to think of somebody who doesn't have a podcast who's famous, like if like, Sylvester Stallone tomorrow yeah. says I have a podcast. It's, it's all of a sudden he's already got like, yeah. you know, when Will Ferrell launched his before oh. the first episode came out, he had hundreds of reviews and hun- thousands of subscribers. It was insane. I was like, wait, how does he have reviews? There's not even an episode yet. Yeah. Um, but I think like it's a- actually a testament because you've you've like, you're doing the work, you're creating the thing and you're not, you didn't have this like built-in soapbox to stand on. So it's even more of an accomplishment. Thank um, you. So you have the book, you have the podcast, you're now, what I love about you is you're doing the two things. You have like your... Orthodontics business, and you have like you're doing keynote speeches, and you're you know we talk like workshopping those kind of things. What's next? What's like 2020 through 2025 look like?
1: Uh, it, like, there's so much. Um, but this year, uh, I've mentioned it briefly, but it's just been a really big struggle for me as I've put myself out there in so many different ways in my relationship, in um, you know remodeling my house, in building a new business that I realized, and even though I actually launched my book, and I've been growing the podcast this entire year, I have these high expectations and standards. I'm like, man, I didn't do good enough. I mean, emotional fitness when I launched actually hit number nine on self help in Amazon. So I was like, number nine bestseller that day. And I was like, Oh,
0: this is pretty good. Did you like promote it? Was you just get like... I,
1: I, I, I'm really good at doing. I'm not great at marketing. So one of the things I'm actually looking at is getting somebody to handle more of the marketing aspect. What had
0: it hit number nine? Uh, like what did yeah,
1: you- no. So I grinded for 24 hours. I didn't sleep. I was like... I was just... So much shit was going on. Also, you know, my dad got cancer this year. He's doing all right. Thank God. My aunt got cancer. And it's like, there's a bunch of family stuff. And I just was preoccupied. I had done some promotional stuff for the book, Um, But I didn't run ads or anything, and I just literally called every person I knew and said, hey, I just want to let you know I launched this book. Would you like to get it? If you do, that'd be awesome if you grab it today. And like, (laughs) I I woke up at 3 in the morning and was like, fuck, I should have postponed this launch. Instead, I just started doing everything, and I started hitting up everybody on Instagram, all my friends in New York. I started hitting up people then. And like, just 18, 20 hours later,
0: I was like, oh, cool. Well, dude, that's So thanks for sharing how, like what you did, because I think you did what, first of all, I wouldn't have done that. And I like, I didn't, wouldn't even think to call every person I know, but I also, if you had said to me, they call, I would have been, I would have come up with like nonsense of I'm not calling everybody like whatever. But I think to the point of like unleashing success, like ripping off the thing is doing what other people wouldn't do to get the results you want. And most people, would not pick up the phone and call every person they know in a 24 hour period to say, I just had a book come out. Would you mind? You know?
1: Well, I should have done a better job. This is where like (laughs) stupid shit. Like I shouldn't have had to do that. I could have promoted it for six months and stuff. I didn't even know that you could get, you could increase the amount of like the ranking of your book on the day of it launches by doing tons of pre-orders. So like a week before I was like, Oh, the pre-order is available. Like people do it for a year. Mm-hmm. A year. So they launch and it's like a thousand pre orders just, and then all of a sudden it just launches you up the charts. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't,
0: I didn't know any of these things. Yeah. So, so I just was <laughs> like,
1: I was super happy that it got into the top That's 10. Awesome. And, but for me, 2020 is um like this year's been great. It, I've, I've learned that I can survive literally anything. My back's been up against a wall. Like, I'm not a guy who is used to living paycheck to paycheck, uh, or trying to find another way to like make massive amount of money very quickly. But I've had to do that because of some of the issues with remodeling my house. Um, totally unexpected, but shit happens. And so 2020 to me is really about going after my passions And I I'm doubling down on the podcast. Like a lot of the stuff that you talked about with the podcasts really came in the last month, uh, maybe two months. Where I started doubling down on it, I'm actually tripling down on it. I mean, I just like I'm adding, you know, new episodes, new types of episodes for younger entrepreneurs just starting out. Um, and I I love, I love public speaking. It's not like I love in person speaking events and workshops because to me, like people who read my book, I've got friends from like high school and college who started reading my book, and they'll send me a message like, "Oh man, that was awesome," and I'm like, "I didn't even know you bought it." Right. Like, I just don't even know that I'm creating some level of impact in people's lives. And in the moment, like when I do a, a 30 minute keynote, an hour keynote with a couple hundred people, like you see it on their faces and afterwards, like you feel it like it's a little selfish, but like I fucking love that. Like, that's awesome. Like to see people learn something and, you know, to do a workshop for a couple hours and to change people's lives in in that moment is so rewarding to me. That I really, I want to do, I want to do an event. I've been saying it for years and I hope this podcast gets released after I tell my girlfriend about it because I'll wait <laughs> she, oh, she kind of knows, but she like doesn't know, but I'm like, I'm, I'm absolutely doing it. I'm fully yeah. committed to doing it. And you know, it's just like another thing to add to the list. But I, if I'm not going after my big goals, yeah. I feel like I'm contained and not unleashed. And I want to live my life unleashed. I want to live my life fully in every area. And so that, I mean, that means like financially, that means fulfillment wise, personally, going after these goals, trying to help people, expanding emotional fitness and unleash success and even, you know, starting a family. I mean, honestly, like I'm going to say that, like I'm going to put it out there, but like 2020, 2021, like I'm 33, I'll be 34 next year. Like, you know, I I do want to have a family and that's something that's kind of on my mind.
0: Dude, uh, we're gonna do this again. Um, I would love cause, to. Because I could talk to you. We're gonna do this again. Maybe at your spot. Uh, maybe we'll have you come back here. But there's there's like a lot more that I want to talk to you about, and we're confined by time. Time is a, a roadblock for us today. But I want to do this again. So let's when we finish this, let's just set up like to continue the conversation and do a part two. Um, thank you so much for being here. Like, how can people? They can find the book on Amazon, Emotional Fitness. They can go to unleash success.com.
1: Yeah. So, t- real quick, the master emotional fitness.com is okay. the easiest way. It'll take you right to Amazon if you want to awesome. get
0: it. And how else do people like follow you, track you down? Uh,
1: so, I'm, I'm active on Instagram at Corey, C O R E Y, Corpodian C O R P O D I A N. Um, that's probably like the best way. It's like that, or Facebook too, but more Instagram. Um, unleash success. You can sign up for just uh, a weekly email, which I've finally actually committed to doing more on the, on a weekly basis as opposed to monthly. But, um, yeah, you can get more information there and subscribe to the podcast. I, I talk to a lot of people, uh, who listen to the podcast. Uh, through Instagram and through Facebook and you know email and stuff like that. So if they ever want to connect with me, uh, I'm really engaged with my podcast audience. I mean we're a small but tight knit group. I feel like nice. yeah. so I, I enjoy that a lot. Like I just had a couple people tell me about but yeah one dude re-listened to one of my episodes. I got to tell this real quick. This is like cool success story. He's been following me for a little over a year. He said the podcast changed his entire life. He met a girl who also listens to my podcast, which is wild. Like and his name's David. And he's so cool, and he, he's, like, posted about how he listened to my podcast, like, 700 minutes, like, number one podcast he listens on yeah, Spotify. Yeah. And he's like, I just re-listened to episode 14, which was with Chris Foss, who was a pre- I know Chris ex- yeah, yeah. Yeah, ex-FBI yeah. hostage negotiator, right? One of the nationwide one. Uh, he was the leading one. He used those techniques to get an $8,000 increase in pay for his new gig. $8,000. Go, go, David. Yeah, David's
0: a fucking man. And I'm like,
1: damn. Like, And so that was super cool to see. So anybody who wants to follow the podcast can definitely see it there.
0: Awesome. Dude, thanks again for being here. Thanks for just, I love that you're just super authentic and you just bring like all of you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. Thanks for listening. Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream and I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at TheDreamMason.com or at InspirationalAlex on Instagram. You are a Dream Mason because your dreams don't build themselves.